love it. So we, we made things a little bit more entertaining in that process. So you think about your names. Well, um, some of you all, um, your, name, your name that we call you is not even your name. Our music minister, by the way. Y'all know that he's really not, I didn't realize this until we went on a, uh, a trip to a, a conference. And you fly, and he's not Tanner. His name is, my, his mom, is Benjamin Tanner Stahl. So the whole time we're lining up and they're, you know, announcing the seat assignments and all that stuff. The airline lady says, you know, or whatever she says, uh, Mr. Benjamin, your seat is over here. And me and Andrew's looking around like, who's Benjamin? You know, <laughs> we don't know who Benjamin is. And, and uh, you know, if your name is different than what we call you, also a little different. And, of course, I'm really on the airline for, you know, him because you know how he is. And so they kept saying, Benjamin pull up your mask. Benjamin, pull up your mask. But anyway, uh, so we, we kept waiting on him to do that part of it, you know, Tanner. So the whole time, but we all have different names. We all have different things that come along with us. But now this is the really cool part about your names. Because if y'all live in Mississippi, Everybody in Mississippi needs a nickname, amen? And so uh, when I came to this church, we had an older gentleman, and he'd been here a lot of the time, and so uh, he, he, I don't even know what his, uh, we just call him Big Tommy. So he started out with, I guess it's his given name, just Big Tommy, and uh, he said, but you know, most people, my first son to hear, he goes, most people just call me by my nickname. And I was like, you know, red, he's got freckles, you know, whatever it was. He goes, my nickname's Booger. And uh, he's a big old dude, and I, and I knew his cousin, he's a retired fireman too, and uh, so, uh, you know, I knew his cousin Jimmy went to church here, and so I'm thinking, and they're sodas and related, and so all this, so I was thinking, if Big Tommy's booger, then what's Jimmy? Eyesore? Nose rash? Uh, you know, toe fungus? You know, if he's booger, uh, then what, you know, what was his nickname? But anyway, I went through the whole list, so we, in the South, we've all got nicknames, and I had no idea that Ethan's name until this morning was Ethan. The only thing I've ever known is Donut. <laughs> and, and so uh, I just, uh, I don't even know the story, but, uh, and, and I love the fact that his name is Donut. Uh, you know, that's pretty cool. And if you know anything about me, I... I'm a little bit addicted to Krispy Kreme, and so it's when, when I get fired someday, I'm going to start my own. But anyway, uh, so, uh, so I've always had an affinity, you know, that this kid's pretty cool because his donut. Matter of fact, me and him would be friends for life if you all uh, named him Krispy Kreme. So other, other than that, we would have been hung out. But So we got nicknames to sort of overcome what your parents gave you that you don't like. So I know what you're thinking right now, Pastor Terry. You know, we've already been in here for like three hours. So, uh, so what's the deal about names. Well, here's the thing. Names are important and they do matter. As a matter of fact, we're going to look at this morning in this third commandment in our series and sermons is God's name matters. And it's very important in this age that we live in. And yeah, I'm going to say it here this morning. Right now in our country, God's name has never more, as the Holy Spirit knew a year ago when we began to pray and plan for this sermon series, that we would land on this day. I, I mean, I'm just moved because God knew all that time ago as he would prepare my heart in the study and preparation for this, that in America this morning, around this country, God's name is being drugged through the mud, 
we are debating and arguing about God's creation of children and their right to dignity and life. And we can talk about all the other political issues, and yeah, I'm going to go there this morning, but you understand, it's not a call of where you stand out on your political aisle, and I'm not here to judge you. You have your views on whatever stand, but I am telling you unequivocally that God has created life. He's created you in his marvelous image, and ultimately that decides their existence and their opportunity to have that life. God's name matters, and it's important. And this morning, I want to suggest to you and I is that we focus in on God's name. Matter of fact, that's the title of my sermon today. Turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 20. If you're a seeker here, you're new to our church, and you didn't bring your Bible, and you don't have a Bible app, and you're not cool, uh, then uh, don't worry about it. We've got it on the screens, and we got you covered this morning. You can follow along with us. But in Exodus 20, in this third commandment that we're preaching through this morning, and I know what you're thinking. Brother Terry, man, I got the first two down. You know, that's cool. First of all, there's only one God. I get that. And then number two is that we shouldn't have any idols. So I get that one, Brother Terry. So I get those two commandments. Those are big deals. Uh, those are important. So when it comes to the third one, you're like, maybe we can slide on this one a little bit. So, you know, after all, what's in a name? And you're thinking this morning, you know, I know you're going to get there. That's why you need to come back. Uh, we need a few more of you to go to early service too. But anyway, uh, and, uh, but, uh, the, you, and as you come back and hear the rest of them, you're going, man, I'm not committing adultery. I'm not stealing. I ain't killed nobody yet. Uh, and, and all those kind of things. And so you're thinking, man, if there's one of these commandments that I can sort of slide on, Maybe it's the one with the names. And so this morning, we want to talk to you guys about God's name is a big deal. And he wouldn't have put it in his top ten instructions if it wasn't a big deal. And he wants us to be careful that we don't misuse his names. Sometimes we use God's name as a joke. Sometimes we use God's name as a curse. And I know the first thing that comes to mind when we think about and think... The truth of the matter is, when I say we curse and use his name, you all know it. Many of us have said at one time or another, is we use the word GD. Not only do we misuse God's name, but we're surprised and we're thinking, well, Brother Terry, I'm a really good self-righteous Baptist church member. You know, I've got a tie on, you know, whatever. And I would never, ever say GD. But if you ever just text this past week and said OMG, ouch. Y'all hang with me. Because I'm probably going to wind up offending most everybody in here at one time or another. By the time I get done the message, and Nick, I still do. So nothing changes, dude. So I'm sorry, you even got the tie on the whole thing. And so, so we use... We text and we use God's name. What about we utter the phrase, and I know we're in the South, but we say, good Lord, and you're really thinking about him? I don't think so. We say the phrase, I swear to God, is that really honoring him? And after a hard day's work, we say, or a long sermon, 
we say, well, thank God that's over, but you're not really thanking God. See, his name is important. And for all of these different things that we do, I really think it's important that we realize his dignity of his name. And you think about how stupid this is that we do this. Let's <laughs> just illustrate to you, why would we use his name? And the reason you say his name in cursing is because you know he's important, but think about how stupid this is. You don't use anybody else's name when you curse. How many of you have ever stubbed your toe on the bedroom, you know, thingy, uh, whatever, uh, leg, You've uh, hit your nail of your finger on a, with a hammer, and how many of you have yelled out when you were mad and you did something that hurt, and you yelled out, Oh, Brother Terry! <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> My son raises his hand, idiot. Anyway... <laughs> That's what we said when you were born. No, anyway, uh, anyway uh, so, uh, the, uh, but how many of you have ever yelled out when you were angry and said, oh, Brother Terry, none of you, when you were excited in just this most glorious moment, you go, oh, Brother Terry, uh, that, that doesn't happen in your life. We don't do that. How many of you have ever said, I promise you, I am not lying. I swear to you, Brother Terry, uh, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't use my name and those kind of things. And yet, you think about in your life, or, or maybe you will after this sermon, thank Terry, this is over. All right, anyway, that wouldn't make any sense. As a matter of fact, if you do that, we honestly all agree you're really weird, okay? All right, and so we would never do that. We don't use other people's names to make this, the, these statements, so why is God's name such a big deal? Would you look with me in Exodus 20 and 7? Because he tells us it's a big deal. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And I want you to circle that last part of the phraseology there that is used in the Holy Scriptures. Because he's rewarding us that there's a reason why his name is a big deal. Now let's dig a little bit deeper into the text this morning and, uh, and let's go into it. And so in the Hebrew language, the word God's name here is translated out of a Hebrew word called Yahweh. And it's broken down. It was such a holy name and had such dignity to it that the writers, the Jewish writers, when they would translate the scriptures, they wouldn't even write the word Yahweh down, chop, chop. They would use the word Hashem. And it simply meant name because, Josh, they so reverence Yahweh, who he was. And here's what Moses would teach them. They so had esteem and honor for God's name, that Moses would teach them. He said, listen, I want you to know, and, he, and Moses would come down from the mountain on these, on, you know, you remember the first two sermons. And so Moses comes down from the mountain, and he says to them, I have been on the mountain with Yahweh. I have seen a little bit of the glory of God. I've heard the voice of God, and I'm telling you, this is what his Yahweh name means. It means I am your salvation. Now, can I get a little preachy for just a second here this morning? You realize this morning how you handle God's name says a lot about 
who you understand has saved you and redeemed you. Can I say on this side of Calvary's cross, on this side of the resurrection, you realize if anybody in here going to heaven, Anybody in here going to heaven? Amen. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? I don't know about you, but I'm ready. Man, I can't even afford to drive to church. Come get me, Jesus. I'm just saying. Uh, I am ready to go to heaven. Now, here's the truth of the matter is, there's only one way that I'm getting to heaven because I'm a sorry sinner. I deserve an everlasting hell. But there is one God who loved me anyway. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save me, redeem me, clean me back up, and change my life ever. His name is Jesus. He's the God of my salvation. Now, folks, you better handle that name with reverence and awe and respect because he's our salvation. He's our only hope. And so I think Moses was driving home a really important point, and I think I hurt myself with that one. So God's name is salvation. Here's what Dr. Peter ends Old Testament scholar says about this, write this down in your notes this morning. Since it's God's name, it is an indication of the intimacy between God and his people. I love that definition. The third commandment has more to do with than just a name. And what Moses was arguing, what we're arguing this morning, is that God, this focus on his name is not just a name, it's his essence. God is to be highly valued in a relationship. His name himself causes us to respect his supreme authority, his dominion over us, and his power in our lives. Dr. Danny Aiken, another Old Testament scholar, says it this way, people who have publicly declared themselves to be followers of God or to exalt God's reputation by living in a way that honors him. So this morning, it's not just a name. Did you read that statement? Write it down. It's about a relationship of honoring God. Well, let me illustrate it to you this way. I know you're sitting here this morning and going, well, Brother Terry, I tell you what, I've been a member of this church for the whole 90 years, and, and uh, anyway, I'm glad you're still here. Uh, and anyway, uh, but, you know, I, I've, I'm, you know, I've never used GD. I would never, ever curse God's name. Well, let's see that maybe this fits for you as well, because I think all of us struggle to misuse God's name. All right, Tanner, you ready? When we come to gather and worship on Sunday morning and you're singing about the God of salvation that y'all just clapped and got excited about that saved us and redeemed us and well we should. Y'all with me this morning? Amen. That's a good thing. That's a powerful thing. But when you're in his house, how many times in his holy name have you came and you've listened to a song about this praying for the spirit of God to come into this room and the spirit of God to move upon this service? How many of you came hungry to hear from God this morning and when the words of his name and the song that we were singing was up on the screen, your mind was a thousand miles away. Maybe you're even on the worship team or you're in the praise band or whatever. I'm telling you, how many times have we misused his holy name? We went through the song we never thought about his glory and we sit here I'm telling you we have violated the third commandment when we don't honor his name is our heart really into it 
Are we really hungry for the Spirit of God? And by the way, by next Sunday, I expect you all to come into this place a little different. I expect you all to come hungry to hear from God. Man, I, when, when I go to a Krispy Kreme store, I've been to 14 different state Krispy Kremes. I know the managers by name, Michael, in 14 different states, Krispy Kreme. They know me when I come in. When I go into a Krispy Kreme store, I'm not going in there. Huh? I just double dog dare them to bless me today. No, I run into the Krispy Kreme store, if y'all know me. And they said, do you want a box? And I go, no, I want two. I want a double portion. I'm Elisha. Give me double the spirit. And when I walk in there, I walk in there and I do this. Whoa, that is the sweetest. If Berlin would only have that perfume. <laughs> I love, I'm just kidding, sort of. Anyway, I never thought about that. that just hit my brain. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> okay, I gotta say, where am I? Okay, so when I go in to the Krispy Kreme store, all of our guests, don't worry, come back and I'll do something stupid again. So, so uh, I come in. Nothing's changed. So I come in the Krispy Kreme store, and man, I'm the ambiance, the donuts. They're everywhere. I've been known on occasion. Don't tell corporate, but they let me go behind the counter to the conveyor belt. There's ice in everywhere. Oh, it's electric. And I've asked them, they won't allow me to do this, but I've asked them, can I get on the floor? I just want to lick the floor. I'm just telling you, there's icing everywhere. I am in love with Krispy Kreme Donut. But I'll tell you something else I'm in love with is Jesus Christ saved me from an everlasting hell. He walks with me. He talks with me. And every day he tells me I am his own. And when you all are facing hell all week long, you're going up against that boss. You're going up against the enemy. The devil's trying to deceive you. He's trying to get you to do the wrong thing, go down the wrong road. Every week, every day, he's battling you. Man, you need to run to this house because I need God's power in my life. I'm hungry for Jesus. I want more of Jesus. I need his spirit to help me get through another week. The more hungry we come for Jesus, and you pray this into your life next week, service will be better. It's all about his name. It's about his name and being in his presence. So here's what I want you to get out of this. We've got to quit faking this thing, and we've got to get real. You know, we know how to fake it, don't you, as Baptists? You hear about the guy that went into a parking lot, he was in the mall, and ladies, it was a man, and he backed into another car in the mall. He knew how to fake it, like some of y'all do coming to church. And so, everybody was gathered around watching him. And so he gets out, and he's like, we're gonna have to call 911, is this gonna be a runner? And so the guy's like, oh yeah, these guys are gonna call the cops if I, so he gets out a notepad. And everybody's like, all right, he's gonna do the right thing. He's gonna write the number and name and all that. So he gets a notepad out, and he's writing while everybody in the mall is watching him. And this is what he says on the note. Dear whoever I hit, everybody's watching me and they think I'm writing down my, no my name and my number, my address, and my phone number. And he goes, but I ain't. 
He said, I'm the one that hit you. Sorry about your luck. And stuck it on the car. And so how many times do we really just show up and check off? I went to church Sunday. I sang a song on Sunday. I listened to Brother Terry yell and scream for an hour. Uh, All of that, I check it off. But we really haven't come hungry for the name of God. And here's the problem. We misuse his name. I want you to write this down. We must not misuse the name of God of the Lord your God. I, I, I want you to remember this stuff because here's what we are at Connect Church. It's not just about the knowledge of this. It needs to change the way y'all live. That's what we do here. So on the count of three, we're going to say this together because I want this to stick into your brain. Y'all are graduates and you know that the more you repeat stuff, the more you're supposed to remember it. So on the count of three, let's say this together. One, two, three. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And that is the summary of the third commandment. Now let me get real practical with you this morning. The consequences of misusing his name. I want you to get your notes out. We take a lot of notes here at Connect Church. So if you're not used to that, bring a notepad, do it on your phone, whatever you want to. But we're going to help you give you takeaway stuff. Our Connect groups, our small groups, over 200 of you are going to meet tonight and you're going to pour into this stuff. And so let's get it down. Consequences of misusing his name. Number one, I live with a distorted view of God. There are consequences to misusing his name. And the first one is, is we lose the misunderstanding, we lose the understanding of who God really is and we don't see him properly in our lives. You see, words matter. The truth of the matter is, is how you talk about God at your workplace and everywhere else, it tells a lot about where your heart's at. And if we're hearts, you listen to me this morning, you all may know the Bible Your kids may be able to quote all Ten Commandments. But if their heart is not open and tender to God, it's not what you guys know. It's about understanding him. Here's what Jesus said. And Jesus said, these words that you speak, they just don't come out of nowhere. They come from your heart. That's convicting. What are you talking about? They impact your heart. They transform how you feel and how you think. You see, if you curse God and you curse everything around you, it tells what your heart's really at. A few years ago, um, a couple in our church, Jody and Kathy Brown, precious couple, and they were teaching and, and sharing their great marriage mentors in our church ministry and discipleship for marriage. And uh, I, Blynn and I were in their class, and uh, Blynn said, I need, no. Anyway, and so we were in the marriage class, and I did. And... Um, and, and, and it was great. It was awesome. And a few years later, Jody and Kathy met with me privately. And um, that's always fun when church members meet with you privately. And they said, Brother Terry, we love you. We've been here almost the whole time you've been here. We love what God's doing at Connect Church. We love, honestly, your preaching. It's a little long, but, you know. But they said, um, they're on occasions just out in public and stuff and occasionally even in the pulpit that you probably talk about Belen in a way that you shouldn't and he said you're I know you're trying to be funny which is not really that good but anyway and um, and they were right and they shared with me 
that if I really want to set a good example with marriage, that I need to value my wife and the words of my tongues about her. They need to honor her. And that's going to, other people are going to get that. And you know, and, and I'm not saying, and they weren't saying, and they understood that I'm sarcastic. <laughs> if you go to this church, you better be tough, okay? Because uh, we, we don't play, fi- I mean, we, we're tough on you. Uh, if we see something that we can dig at you about, we're coming after you, okay? It's just, uh, that's who we are. And so we're a sarcastic church. You realize, God, I know some of you all fluffy, high, and, you know, happy people all the time that you all think, you know, that we're sinners, but it's not. I got news for you. God made sarcasm. God has plenty of sarcasm in the scriptures, and so I represent that side, but I need balance, and so does the rest of us. We need balance with each other, and so they were right that you can carry sarcasm too far, and you need to be careful, and the truth of the matter is how you talk about God. Is is he honored in your life, And and, and I'm just telling you how we talk about God will give us a distorted view of him. Number two is another consequence to not honoring God's name. As I block God's blessings and presence from my life. See, the third commandment is when you misuse God's name, he's saying it is a sin. Now, I know that we live in a day and age where you all haven't really heard a lot depending on where you've grown up and what church you've went to, but we still believe that the Bible teaches and God said there's thing called sin. All right? And sin separates you from God. God doesn't have fellowship with darkness. Now, that's pretty damning, and and there's no hope. But I got great news for you. Jesus overcame the darkness and brought light to cleanse us from our sin. So you got to know on this side of Calvary, those of us that are Christians, though, when we go back to the dark side, Jesus ain't going with you. So when we misrepresent his name, we lose that sweetness of fellowship. When, you're get, when you get angry and you blurt out GD, oh my God, good Lord, all these things, I swear to God, all of the phrases that we use, all we're doing is we're degrading his name. And, and here's the thing. It separates us from that fellowship with God that he wants us to have. If you're in a dry season in your life, if you're spiritually not getting what God's doing here, it may be that you're not honoring his name. Number three, a consequence. I misrepresent who God is to others. And this is big. You see, when we curse God and we blurt out all of these things, you realize people aren't going to want Listen to me this morning. Is there a reason why churches are dying in America? And yeah, there's pockets of revival like it's happening here, but for the most part, like overwhelmingly, 90% of our churches are in decline or dying. Maybe the reason our country cannot figure out the dignity of human life is because, let's take it down to us, we as the church have not held up his name well at school, at work, and where we live at. (laughs) If you curse God all week long, people are going to lose respect for him and you when they say you go to Connect Church. Maybe that's the reason they don't come. If I tell you, now Tanner, our music minister, uh, has this beef, (laughs) pardon the pun, with Texas Roadhouse. 
because it has the word Texas in it, and he's an Arkansas fan. Anything with Texas, he doesn't like. And so no matter that they have the best value. But anyway, uh, is that, but apparently nobody else agrees with him in the city of Tupelo because I'm telling you, whatever day y'all drive by Texas Roadhouse, they're parked out on the North Gloucester. You cannot, do not go there for lunch because time you get out of here, it's just you're not getting in. I'm just telling you, so, so Texas Roadhouse, literally everybody's there. What if I started announcing today? They're going to love this. If I announce, they got rats in the back. They got bats, not bats, no, no. They got bugs, they, I don't know, anyway, uh, but they, they've got bats in the back. So, <laughs> there's a bat swinging around here somewhere. Anyway, uh, they've, uh, they've got, uh, what if I, they don't, by the way, so don't go home and, you know, on the internet, dang it. Uh, anyway, who invented that internet thing in me? Uh, but so, so they're done, it's all clean, I'm just telling you, I don't know, I have, I've never been in the kitchen, so I don't know. Anyway, but I'm just telling you, if I announce that they, the, the, if I start griping about this restaurant, you ain't going to go. Well, you might go because you're thinking that preacher's weird. But anyway, but, but, but for the most part, if I start telling you about all this stuff, you're not going to that restaurant because you, you heard bad stuff about it. I wonder why for generations people have not come to church because we badmouth God, we badmouth what we didn't like about church, and we badmouth the preacher and wonder why your kids grew up and ran from it. Ouch. Because there's consequences to not honoring his name. And I know y'all didn't come for that, so let's get down to the gravy. This is a good part. The benefits of using his name correctly. Now, here's the part you want to write down, because I promise you this is well worth your time here today. The benefits of using his name correctly. I will have a stronger relationship with God. You're here at Connect Church this morning and today, and you want to feel closer to God. Now, look at me this morning. Why did you come to Connect Church this morning? And I know what many of you are going here this morning. I came to see my kid graduate. I, I get that, and I get that, and I, I'm just part of the deal you're stuck with. So hang on, I'm, you know, I don't got that much left. But, but, but here's the thing I want to tell you this morning. I hope, I hope, let me ask my church family this morning. I hope you came here today not for a good song show. I hope you didn't come here today just to see the grad. I hope that you came with some anticipation that I want God to speak to me. I really want God to speak to me. I really want to be stronger in my relationship with Almighty God. And I'm just telling you this morning, that's what God wants to speak into your life. The more you're around him, the more you get your backside to church and you hear about his name and you let him pour into you, the more you're going to fall in love with him. Uh, man, I, have to, I don't have to tell you. I go home and, and, uh, and I talk to Belen. I don't call her Belen at the house. I call her babe. I call her a few other things. It's awesome. Uh, and you know why? Because I love her. If I go into our house today and I say, and I'm not stupid, so just, you know, understand me this morning. If I go in and say, woman, what we got on the stove? What kind of food are we going to Are we eating that slop again? First of all, I won't be here next Sunday. Because the time I get out of the hospital <laughs> and get recovered, amen, Shelly, uh, then all that. But the more I talk to her in love, the more I represent my love to her in that conversation. We've been married for a long time. Uh, anyway, dang it. I had the thing in the year 30. What is it? Where are you at? Okay, a long time. Oh, boy, I got to look. Anyway, so we, we've been married, and it's happy. Uh, and anyway, yay. Uh, and so uh, all of that, because we love each other. 
we talk about each other. The more you're in God's house, the more you're in D groups and small groups, and you just hear his name, he's going to speak to you. He's going to help you with your frustrations. He's going to help change your depression. He's going to help you when you're at your lowest moment and addiction's kicking your butt. Jesus is going to say, i got a group of people that's already been through that hell. And if you'll trust me and follow that group at Connect Church, they're going to lead you to victory. Somebody say amen. Because all in this room is a bunch of sorry sinners that have been redeemed by the grace of Jesus Christ. We're here to encourage you in your relationship with God. Number two is I will experience God's power in my life. And this is my whole favorite part of the sermon. It is, guys, I hope you came here today not just to do another religious service. If you came here for a dead, dry Baptist church... I hope we've disappointed you because what we are praying for, what our expectation is, is that you leave with the presence and the power of Almighty God in your life. Does anybody want to have God's power in their life? Could anybody use a little bit of more power when you're going through difficult decisions in your life, when you're trying to deal with that boss at work? Anybody use God's power? Anybody going through a week this week that you just got to make some monumental decisions and you could use God's power and you believe that he really cares? How many of you parents here this morning are just struggling about your kid being up on this stage and what's next do you not need God's power to get through this day amen are you with me we need God's power well if you believe this let's just say it out loud I want God's power on the count of three I want you to say this out loud ready one two three some of you are a little slow, but that's great, okay? Uh, all right. Some of you are going to get a little later, but that's cool. So, so here's what we're here this morning. Here's what he will do for you. Is he wants to make a difference in every decision, in every daily decision that you're go, going through. I challenge, if you've been doing your here journals, and by the way, you need to come back in two weeks. We're launching a whole new here journal, Bible study. We're going to take you through the New Testament one chapter at a time, a little less reading because Mark can't read. And, and so anyway, and so uh, we're going to walk you through it a little slower, but one chapter a day starting in two weeks, and we're going to have a devotional that's going to match with what you're reading. And we're going to, no, you got to buy the devotional. But anyway, we're going to give you the reading plan. You just got, and so it's going to be so cool. We're launching that in two weeks. Everybody's getting into the Word at Connect Church. It's going to be awesome. Anyway, so, so we're doing our here journals. We're wrapping up. We're in, about to get through Revelation. And so we were in First Peter, or Second Peter this past week. And, and, and I love the author Peter in the New Testament because... Bible scholars and people that teach in seminaries and all that stuff, and really I did graduate from them. <laughs> I know you can't tell. Um, but anyway, and so they love Paul's writings and Romans and Hebrews, and it's analytical and it's all thought. When they get to Peter, they get frustrated because Peter will make a great theological point in one of his epistles or writing, and, uh, and then all of a sudden Peter will get excited, and he'll just get to thinking about what he just talked about, and then he just chases a rabbit, and he tells a story. I love the Apostle Peter. And so anyway, and so Peter's telling the story, and he's talking about the glory of God, and then he says to them in, in 2 Peter chapter 2, and he says, and I was there, Chris, and, and he just takes off, and he leaves the whole theological argument, and he says, and then one day, I was on top of the mountain with Jesus, and there was Peter, James, and John, and you ain't, and Jesus, and guess who showed up? Oh, Moses showed up on the mountain. Elijah showed up on the mountain, but I'm telling you, it wasn't nothing, because then God the 
Father showed up on the mountain and God the Father spoke on the mountain and he said, Behold, my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And I saw the glory of God. And ladies and gentlemen, that's where we want you all living at. So I took that devotion into my staff meeting this week. Y'all got to start coming on Wednesday nights. I'm telling the Holy Spirit's coming down. We worship and we led our service in our whole church in talking about glory moments. So I asked the staff and I asked the church Wednesday night in prayer service. I said, tell me about your glory moments with God. And by the way, if you can't think of any, it's time that you get back. That's where you need to live at. What's the last glory moment that you had in God's presence? Because that's what we're talking about today, the power. And, and, and you see, we keep living in the chaos, and we keep focusing on all the frustration, and there's a lot of that. Are you all with me? Would it be better if we'd be able to see God's glory in the midst of chaos? So Taylor, on our staff meeting, I said, so she said, well, here's my glory moment. And it's going to be a little bit weird, Brother Terry, but she began to share in our staff meeting, she said simply this way. She said, you know, on Monday, and this was the day before the staff meeting, she said on Monday's my day off. And she said, and Lincoln had graduated from ICC preschool and, and uh, we had ball games and, and Kennedy and I had to get across it, you know, to take her to this place. And my sister just had two babies, so I had to go to Amory. And she goes, I was running crazy all day on Monday. Anybody else live there? And she said, and I was running behind, so I'm speeding, and, uh, and uh, go get her. And, and so all these kind of things that, you know, is going on. And she said, and, and I'm running through town, and I've got to be on the Pontotoc side, so I'm trying to get through. And she goes, I'm late, I'm frustrated. Anybody else live there? And she goes, you know what happens if you live in Tupelo, and you're running late, and you go downtown. You know what the devil's going to send to you, the John Brown train. Ding, 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 ding. Ah! And, and anyway, and so, and, and then it's probably going to stop there, just like, we smoking. Anyway, and so, so the train, the train, <laughs> Amy, Amy, Amy's with me. And, and so, amen, I'm going to work every morning. <laughs> and so, so we got, so she says, I'm just sitting there at the train, and she's, you know how y'all do. I mean, y'all are happy people, whatever. Uh, anyway, but the rest of us, we're just like, whoa! I want to get the Dukes of Hazard and jump that sucker. Anyway, uh, and, and so, so you're sitting there, and she's frustrated. She wasn't quite as emotional as I am, but anyway, she was frustrated. And she said, and the train left, and she headed on out to Highway 6. And as she got out past towards Trace Tra State Park, she said there was a three-car pileup. Somebody had been killed. And she said, in my glory moment, is he said, I'm watching over you, my sister. And you realize, if the train hadn't stopped you, you might have been that girl in that wreck. And she said, I just realized God loves me more than I ever understand. He watches over us, and he's working in our lives when we don't see it. And maybe if we spent more time focused on that and his glory, and less on what you're mad and frustrated about, maybe we would have more power in our lives. Are y'all with me this morning? And then number three, it's easier to share my faith. Simply put, God says to us, he says, I know that I want you to go to work and share your faith. Guys, we can't get folks to follow us. The blessing of having other people come to a church like this and grow is because you guys are handling his name correctly. We've got to praise God that's part of the benefit of the third commandment. So here's our takeaway from the commandment of praising God. Choose praise 
over profanity. This is not rocket science. I made this Mississippi easy today. This is God's message to you guys this morning, all right? We can all do this. Choose praise over profanity. Now, let me close out this morning by reminding you of one last thing. So I got four minutes, so we're going to do this really fast. So here's the thing I want you guys to know. In the fourth commandment, and I know what you're all thinking, it's, it's to remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy and it really is a big day. Now, here's the important part. And, and I know, again, the logic of what we do is we go, man, the, you know, the fourth commandment, Brother Terry had to shortchange it a little bit on the sermon today uh, because of graduation, all that stuff. But here's the thing you need to know. It is the fourth commandment, and it's not to be trifled with or to skip over. It is a 24-hour period. Now, here's the history of the 24 of the, of the Sabbath day. Some of you are not used to church, and so you don't even know what the term Sabbath. That sounds like a really funky word to you. Well, I get it, and it is really a weird word, but here's what it simply means. It means that God set a day aside so that we would honor him in his name, come and worship him, and rest. 24-hour period to just chill out slow down and remember God. And you say, well, Pastor Terry, where do you get that from? We go all the way back to Genesis, to the Word of God. It's not my argument. It's not a Baptist or Connect Church thing. It's the Word of God. He knows He made you. He designed you, and He knows how you tick, and He knows how you'll do better if you follow His ways. Do you remember what God did? How many days did it take God to make creation in Genesis 1? How many days? Man, you guys are so Bible smart. I am impressed. I knew you guys were going to screw that up, and somebody's going to go, seven-day creation story. I believe that. No, you guys are impressive. Give yourself a round of applause. Uh, anyway, no, I don't have time. So here's the thing. So, yeah, I know, but it, God did. I'm going to get there. So, Saltilla, so right? All right, so here we go. Six days, God created the universe. Let that sink in. But what did he do on the seventh day? What did he do? I think he was setting an example for you and I to follow. You need time with God. And you need time to come to church. And you need time to let God refresh you. You see, this commandment, look with me in 20 verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor, do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you should not do any work. You or your son or your daughter. All of our young people in the room this morning, you want to highlight and bring this up to your parents. Mom and dad, I cannot take out the trash today because it's Sunday and God said. All right, anyway. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, the sojourner who is within your gates. For in the six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath to make it holy. Guys, I'm not going to get legalistic with you here this morning, and it's something that I'm growing into, and I wish I was a workaholic, and man, I tried to work eight days a week to grow God's kingdom and do all that, and I failed. Today, in this point of my life, I've realized I broke this commandment, and I do my best on Sunday afternoons when I get done with you all. Um, Sunday afternoons through Monday, about half a day at least, I take half a day Sunday and half a day on Monday to just chill, spend more time in prayer, rest, and recoup. You see, God wants to bless you all. He wants you to be healthy spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And when you make him a priority on one day of your week, to just listen to him, sit back, 
take a breather. God is going to recharge your battery so the hell that you guys face all week long, you need to hear from him. You need to unwind from your work and your stress spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally. God wants to recoup you so that you're ready to take on the challenges of your life. He designed you that way. He made you so that you could have an extraordinary life, a blessed life, and the only way we get that is by becoming obedient to the Lord's command. So here's the blessings of observing the Sabbath. I'm sorry, here's the danger of not observing the Sabbath, the consequences. You're going to be tired all the time if you don't listen to me today. You're going to be constantly going to run on low energy and, and number three is you're going to feel spiritually empty. God intended for you to be blessed. And here's the benefits of having a day of rest. I have a work-life balance. I feel better, and I have more energy, and I connect with God regularly. You need to know this morning, God's intention is, is to help you grow so that you can be healthy mentally, physically, spiritually, recharge you. Now, this morning, you need to know that, just look at me. How many of you, don't raise your hands, have failed in one of the Ten Commandments in your lifetime? How many of you did this morning? (laughs) I've got great news for you. Don't leave this place today thinking that we're better than you, defeated, or let the devil lie to you that you can never measure up. Because guess what's greater than the Ten Commandments? God knew you were all screw-ups. Wow, thank you for coming to this church. God knew that the preacher was the biggest one. But you know what God did? (laughs) He sent his only son for the biggest screw-up of all time. And he sent his son to save me. And he sent his son to redeem me and to change my life. And for whatever flipping reason that I don't understand, he called me to testify about his glory and about his goodness. And I'm here to tell you, I don't care how low you've been. I don't care how many commandments you've broken. Even this morning, I know this is Jesus Christ overcomes our sins, our failures. He redeems us. And that was the whole point of the law, to bring us back into relationship with an almighty God. Now the question is this morning, are you going to choose Jesus and allow his grace to forgive you? Would you stand with us this morning as we get ready to sing a verse of invitation and you would like to come today and say, man, I want to ask Jesus Christ into my heart, my life. Maybe you've been struggling with his name in your worship. You've been doing it out of knowledge and not out of the heart. Maybe you just need to come today and say, God, I need to figure out how to sit down and rest how to relax, and how to make Sundays a priority to be in your house every week, and then just chill and allow you to bless me and recruit me so I can go out and serve you better. As we get ready to sing a verse of invitation this morning, and God's Spirit is saying, I want a better relationship with you. Would you just come and say, God, I want that too, as we sing. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 1030. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like answered, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.
www.thepeopleofgod.church.